0: Hi, my name is Matt Eaton, and welcome to Metadata Matters, the Grey Meta podcast. In this podcast series, Grey Meta talks to people working with metadata on a daily basis to understand their perspectives and learn about best practices. In particular, I will focus on how technology like machine learning and AI can help generate, curate, and work with that metadata. This week's podcast guest is James Whitebread, Chief Digital Officer at Maztech Innovations. Maztec creates intelligent hybrid cloud-based storage and asset lifecycle management solutions for the media and entertainment industry. James and I talk about how Maztec helps clients manage exabytes of data on-premise and in the cloud. We take a brief trip down memory lane and discuss how the concept of industrializing the content supply chain has changed and in some ways hasn't changed in the past 20 years. We discussed the need for time-based, enriched metadata to drive content discovery and help repurpose, and maximize the value of libraries, and the opportunities around linking different services and sharing metadata across a global organization. Here's the interview. Uh, welcome to another episode of Metadata Matters, um, the Grey Meta podcast, and welcome this week uh, to James Whitebread, uh, Chief Digital Officer of MazTech.
1: Thanks, Matt. It's uh, it's great to be here. And it's uh, it's a familiar topic that I think you and I have spoken about a number of times over the years.
0: Oh, yes. Yes, absolutely. Um, just uh, talking before uh, we started recording this and uh, realised we've uh, known each other for uh, n- nearly 20 years, which is a bit frightening. And we'll, we'll talk about some of those um, experiences Um Uh, at various companies uh, during the podcast as well, because there's some really great examples of metadata and how it's used and how it's changed uh, over the years there. Um, James, I wonder if you could start by giving a brief introduction to Maztech.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, I think, you know, Maztech is is certainly a familiar name um, in the media and entertainment space. Traditionally as a as a storage management organization working on-prem, particularly working with, with tape and, uh, and disk. But actually um, we've been transforming um, our business and the services that we offer. Uh, and actually just this week we've launched um, Cumulate 2.0. And so we, we you know we now work in the cloud. We work in the cloud seamlessly managing content in the cloud but also working with the hybrid cloud across premise as well. And as services have been transitioning, um, we've been enriching our services with additional features, um, sales portals, ingest services, but actually one of the things that's been, been key for us is bringing metadata enrichment to the platform as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and obviously that's that's the, uh, you know a touch point there between um, grey meta and MazTech and, and our, our discussions about Curio. Um, so Maztec um, p- provides a lot more than just storage management. I mean, uh, it, it's described as a intelligent video management. Uh, could you provide a, a summary of the role metadata plays in Maztec's world?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and Matt, you're right. You know, we we do provide intelligent video storage management. And that really means that we work around the life cycles, of the storage, helping, helping our customers move that content around on-prem and cloud and really managing the life cycles to keep cost um at, at its minimum but also to have the assets in the right place so you're absolutely right it's a intelligent uh video video management but yeah metadata for us is uh, is a hugely important part of the platform and something that we um spend a lot of time um talking to customers and helping them uh, work with uh, it starts i think with storage and um you know we hold um many many, many exabytes of content across all of our customers' platforms. And of course, that means that we're also storing their metadata. So we're storing that natively in the platform, or we might also be storing that as a sidecar um, to their asset as well. And so that means that uh, when customers are searching, um, they're searching across that metadata. And so, you know, storing the metadata is an important part for us, but being able to search across all the assets in the platform. So metadata is a hugely important part of the search. And it, it can mean that we're not only searching the editorial or technical metadata for an asset, but we might also be searching ancillary uh, assets that are associated with a master asset. So it could be a script, for example, that we're also searching across. And then as customers um, start to want to um, reuse more and more of that metadata um to deliver that metadata out to their platforms. Um, enrichment is becoming um, a much more popular uh, topic to be discussing with customers and build workflows for. And of course, Matt, that's where where our companies have been working together.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And congratulations for getting that word um, byte um, uh, in there as well, because that's a that's a, uh, a huge amount of data that is under management. Um, and I think, you know, from MasTech's point of view, um, it's regardless of where the asset's stored, whether it's on premise or uh, in the cloud, using that metadata is, 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 is critical to finding and using that asset, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. It's, it's you know, it's, it's absolutely critical, making sure that, um, you know, you can find an asset as quickly as possible, but also not even just find the asset, but find, find what's happening in a particular scene or a particular frame. Um, You know, whether that's location, whether that's a person or an object, uh, you know, getting real value from the, you know, from that, from that video asset is becoming a critical part of all of our workflows. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think we first met when you were working at TWI International, now IMG Media in the early 2000s. Could you talk a bit about how you've seen metadata management change over the years?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I think, I think that, you know, this is inevitably where the conversation goes to, to looking at how long we've been working together and and uh, realizing that we're probably older than we 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 feel every day. But uh, I think I think you and I, as you said, so we started working together at, at IMG almost 20, 20 years ago. And uh, you know, during my time at IMG, I worked on the uh, the interactive content factory, which was one of the first uh, live video editing and storage management platforms of its time. Um, and that was a you know a project that we worked with um, a variety of organizations from Google to to the Olympics to Uh, Vodafone 3, Sky and uh, and BBC, um, where we work to be able to clip up um, Premier League games and during the the clipping of those games, uh, voicing those over, um, but also adding metadata, adding the score, adding the players, and then at the final whistle, being able to process that video, but also to send that metadata as an XML file off to to those customers so that they could um, use that metadata in two ways. One, to be able to trigger... cms to be able to automatically bring the content into into their online services um, but also to be able to enrich those online services with with the details of the players the scores and to use that metadata so you know metadata has been important to organizations um for, for many many years and so that's certainly for me um you know my first really um exciting use for for commercial metadata and that continued um through through working at bt where bt Um, designed and built a a large-scale cross-customer media asset management system through Technicolor where Technicolor worked with a variety of uh, media services customers to um, process content and and deliver that content um, out along with um, technical and editorial metadata to hundreds hundreds of platforms including OTT and broadcast platforms. So metadata has been a consistent part of the distribution process for many years and of course Matt, you know, you and I worked together um, on a Sky project um, with Amazon for the Royal Wedding, and you know that was certainly a, another challenge where you know we weren't just processing metadata, but we were processing that metadata live and linking that um, that video to the asset and displaying that in an app. And I certainly know uh, from from the side that I worked on, you know, keeping keeping that metadata and the video synchronized was one key challenge. But I think Matt, you know, there were probably significant challenges for uh, for Grey Meta there too.
0: That's right. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, just a, uh, so the, 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 Royal wedding, uh, for, 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 our audience was, um, a project w- that provided, um, uh, an, an app for, for sky news to recognize guests at, um, the, um, Harry and Meghan's um, wedding in 2018, um, and to recognize people as they turned up at the Windsor chapel and, and that all relied on getting the right metadata in the right format to the right place at the right time and, and critically time was everything because it was live um with uh, we, we put a delay on the um on the feed uh to allow the machine learning and human curation uh to do its thing and 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 get the uh, uh the metadata down to the ui-centric uh developed uh, video player and, and the overlay that they used um but, uh, yeah, that, that was a, uh, uh, really interesting. And, and, that, and it was one of the, one of the only projects I've been involved with that weather played such an important factor in the quality of the metadata. Uh, because if people had been uh, sort of coming in with umbrellas, of course, the facial recognition wouldn't have been quite as... Um, successful as it was on the day and luckily it was a bright sunny day in May so uh, so all, all went well um but you know the, it, it was it was a great learning ground you touched on TWI uh, at the time TWI Interactive and and that that was that was um
1: you know live or near live um content as well right James? Yeah, absolutely. So that was the recording of recording of live Premier League games and and subsequently other events. So absolutely the recording of live events and the clipping of content um, and the addition of the metadata by an operator um, at at that point in time so that it could be it could be submitted at final whistle. And what
0: what stood out for me, I I really clearly remember um, seeing the TWI interactive booth at NAB, I think it was 2004 or something like that. And there was a big uh, poster of this, uh, the the interactive content factory, which was, uh, it fascinated me. It was the first time I'd ever seen it, um, you know, what we talk today about the supply chain, day in, day out, uh, actually put up on screen and, 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 uh, you know the the supply chain of content was compared or treated like you know you might you know treat you know a supply chain for, for for retail or or consumer goods or something like that and and I think it was the first time I'd kind of seen that industrialization of the content um, uh, supply I think chain. that's
1: it Matt that, that's where we're all trying to work to now isn't it I think that's what as service providers we're all trying to move to you know we're moving to creating a Creating a you know a a service creating a creating a pipeline that's uh, you know a, a repeatable on demand service to 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 make this a lower cost service offering really.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so I, I I thought that was quite a nice nice example of where you know think the sidecar files the um the uh, the metadata. So formats may have changed over time uh indeed how they passed from one provider to the other may have changed but actually the fundamental kind of principles behind this are, are still pretty constant and we're still sort of uh you know striving for the same thing uh, uh, james do you want to talk about any other uh, other examples um during your career
1: well i you know i think um you know one one of the one of the Aspects of my career was was working at, uh, at Technicolor, and I you know I touched on this briefly that Technicolor uh, delivered out to a to a range of of, of platforms. And they might be OTT, broadcast, and websites, as it were. Um, but I think you know one of the interesting aspects there is is not only delivering the the technical metadata, um, because of course the technical metadata can drive downstream systems, um, but there's also the uh, the element of, of of the editorial metadata, um, so that might be you know creating chapter chapter points. Um, so that there are you know a variety of different demands from from different platforms, and so you know in, in creating metadata as we do today um, in a more automated fashion, um, you know a number of challenges that we we you know we saw as a business um, you know about a decade ago in delivering in delivering this content um, has has really been tackled by by some of, the, some of the automated services that we can offer today. And, and for me, when I look back at uh, how difficult it was to deliver those services some years ago, how, how much of a manual process that was, how much time and effort had to go into the creation of the metadata, whether it was technical or editorial, um, this is a much more simple process today. And you know, but it, it, it excites me as to where we're going. It excites me um, when we talk about pipelines, Matt, just, just you know what a what a simple what kind of automated pipeline we can build today compared to my experiences and probably your experiences some some years ago
0: yeah yeah absolutely and especially you know in the cloud and uh, you know the ease of integration um with apis and uh, it's a it's a topic you know other, other guest speakers have, t- have touched on previous episodes as well which is great um where do you see the pent-up demand in the industry today for, for enhanced, time-accurate metadata uh, based on your conversations at Maztec with content owners and, and archives?
1: Yeah, I, I think, you know, I did touch earlier. that I think we've seen quite a significant commercial demand for, um, for metadata, and, and, and particularly around that, you know, the the, the enrichment of metadata. For, for me, you know, listening to some of our customers, that really starts with the uh, starts with the discovery process. you know we, we often uh, talk to customers who you know have have a global presence or a multi-site presence and they're working across therefore multiple locations. they may be creating and managing content in multiple locations. Therefore the discovery process um, is a really important aspect um, of them being able to reuse assets that may, have been purchased or been created in another another location. So the discovery piece is very important in order to be able to reuse content. Uh, Therefore that discovery is the the, kind of the pivotal piece. Um, And you know, that means that customers are looking to to enrich that content so that they can uh, reuse those libraries that they've not been able to, to go out and actively film to create new content. So they want to be able to reuse content that they have, or it's just, um, getting the best out of content that may have been created uh, in other parts of the organization as I said
0: and just just to um on the on the flip side of that I guess is it, where where do you see some of the biggest challenges around metadata management and and particularly around um enhanced time accurate metadata um in in 2021
1: the, the problems have existed, and they've, you know, or challenges certainly have existed for a while now. I, you know, it's uh, it's been common for a number of uh, companies, I think, to be experimenting with uh, the services or the API services of a number of cloud providers. But but perhaps that therein lies the the challenge itself, in that uh, you know integrating with APIs uh, implies that uh, you know you have some some technical resources in the organization and able to to integrate to those to those APIs and able to collect the data um, that comes back from those APIs and be able to use that data and process it in a system really. And so I think, I think one of the challenges today with a number of these services is that it, it does imply uh, you have quite a technical organization and you have the ability to, to not only just integrate, but to bring that data back in your own system and that your own system can use that metadata. And then, and then, Matt, I think, you know, when you come on to the need for custom models, many of the APIs that exist already have been trained, but they're not necessarily trained to support football, to support, you know, an, a multitude of sporting activities, for example. So, you know, creating custom models is, again, a fairly difficult process for the average organization to, to dedicate resources to. This can be costly. It can take time. Um, and so it can be, it can be challenging, really. But also, I think when, when, when we deal with these kind of multi-site global organizations, you know, with disparate technology and disparate systems, sharing that metadata and managing that metadata between the different systems and technology that they use can also be quite a challenge as well.
0: So my final question is, um, can you give me one thing that you're optimistic about um, in terms of metadata management in 2021?
1: yeah I, I you know optimistics is an interesting word in in 2020 2021 Matt, <laughs> with, with everything we've yeah. all been facing I, I i don't know how optimistic we're all feeling but but yeah, but, I, but i am optimistic about metadata I, you know there's there's never been a bigger demand for for metadata for for driving platforms driving automation uh, providing rich information to customers downstream uh, you know in an ott platform for example uh, lots of companies as we know have been looking at using additional metadata they've been testing services they've been researching a variety of services trying to understand which are the uh, are the most appropriate for their metadata and i think what is starting to happen is that um services are becoming more linked so we're 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 starting to see you know the storage of 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 assets um be linked to the processing and enriching of assets so that uh, it's easy to be able to not only store that store that metadata with the kind of the video or ancillary assets but then to be able to easily uh, send that content off for enrichment or make that enrichment part of an ingest process so the whole thing is starting to come together now and i think that's that's where we're going to start to see the value for 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 users in the industry so for broadcasters for for those building out platforms when it's easy to process the content and it's not a not a difficult um Difficult situation to have your content enriched and get it back into a platform. When this is joined up, it could start an ingest. It could be part of a uh, an enrichment of an existing archive, an older archive. Um, but I think what what I'm really seeing, Matt, is that um, services are starting to to make uh, those pipelines, those workflows, easier for our customers. And I think if we can um, if we can see that, then metadata is going to start to add a lot more value um, in 2021. Right.
0: Yeah. No. I think that's that's definitely something to be uh, optimistic about. And you know, I, I think I think it links back to uh, you know uh, what we were talking about. You know, the industrialization of of, of the content supply chain. And uh, I, I think,
1: Matt, you know, when when you think about kind of the, the driver for for you know um, any anybody in the industry, you know, it, it's either you know there are there are, I guess going to be a couple of models here. There's you know uh, the organization that wants to process a number of assets, um, and there's the organization that wants to process the majority of our assets. And of course, it's an, it's an expensive um, thing to do if you process uh, all the assets. So I think we're going to typically see organizations being fairly selective. But I think if, if we can um, make it easy and a seamless process for, for organizations to be able to search um, on the rich metadata that's been created, or if we're in the kind of the creation of metadata process, if we can make it easy to be able to select assets from an existing storage archive, to be able to um, push that content into the enrichment service and be able to select the data that we want to bring back and then use that data um, seamlessly in a platform to um, help guide um, the edit process, for example, to be able to kind of you know display on a timeline, that metadata to really understand where um, you know, where characters might be, where scenes might be to understand locations, we can make that whole edit process a much more simple process. And then we can make the, you know, the kind of the transcode and the passing on of that metadata as part of a distribution process, a lot easier too. So I'm really optimistic about where we can get to in 2021.
0: Great. James Whitebread, thank you very much for being my guest this week.
1: Thank you, Matt.
0: Cheers. You can subscribe to the Metadata Matters podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. If you'd like to find out more about generating enriched time-specific metadata, or find out more about Meta's Curio platform and how it's helping content owners bring machine learning and AI into their operations, visit graymeta.com or email me at metadatamatters, one word, at graymeta.com. See you next time.